Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Do you remember being 13? Maybe you are 13. Do you remember being 13? I remember being around 13, around that age, and, and you're going through puberty and life's changing, and, and uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like very sure of myself. I was a little red-headed, rang a kid, you know, and I remember my dad, um, who's one of the world's great encouragers, took me to pick up my glasses. I have really, really, really bad eyesight. Uh, when, you, when you go to the optometrist and, uh, you know, you see that gigantic letter on the chart and you think, why is that even there? It's me. I'm the person. I can't read that giant letter. And it's not because I'm grey now, it's because I could never read that giant letter. That's, that's how bad my eyes are. And so, so I'm 13, I go to pick up my glasses. My dad stays in the car probably to listen to the next race. And I wander into, uh, in those days, OPSM, pick up my glasses, my new glasses, put them on, 13-year-old boy, wander back to the car. You've got to know my dad, great encourager, but he's also fiery. He's a fiery guy. And um, I get in the car and my dad calls me Bluey because I used to be a redhead. And he says to me, mate, he's got a gravelier voice than me. He says, mate, what have they done to you? I've gone, I'm 13. I've gone, dad what, dad, what are you talking about? He's gone, mate, those glasses, they're ridiculous. I've gone, really? He's gone, oh, mate, they look stupid. Look, come on, come on, let's go. In we go. He gets into the counter and he's, he's going for it. He's like, look at my son. What have you done to him? You need to fix his script. And they've gone, you know, Mr. Benel, this is your son's script. And they've gone, he's going, don't be ridiculous. That can't be his script. Look at his glasses. He looks ridiculous. And then... The lady says, Mr. Vanell, that's your son's script. And my dad, he clicks. And so then he turns to me and he says, hey, Bluey, give me another look. And I look back at him and he says, no, they're, they're good, mate. They're good. Well, every recess and lunchtime for the next four years, you can guess that if there was a girl in the general vicinity, my glasses were off. I'm like, there is no way this side of hell that I am wearing those things. And, but, you know, it was a conversation, my dad, God bless him, um, that, that didn't need to happen. But the thing about it was it happened because my dad just loves me. And, and you know, you look back and go, he did that because he was fired up for me. He was passionate about me. How, how to have a, a, and hear conversations that need to happen. I want to talk to you about that today. How to have and to hear conversations that need to happen. Uh, the, we, we live in a cultural period where, where it's not okay to have so many conversations that are for our best. You know, you touch on anything remotely, you know, that requires any level of change and people are like up in arms like, don't you judge me and all that kind of nonsense. It sounds right, but it's actually unhelpful. It's unhelpful. Um, it, it, it just, there, sometimes there are conversations that need to happen. So, so thinking about that today, can, when there's a conversation, you know, that, that's hard to have but needs to happen, it, 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 do you, are you able to have it? I mean, we're helping someone, not, not, not for our own end. You know, I'm going to help Luke. I went and watched Luke play footy yesterday. He missed a few tackles. There's a conversation for him and I to have this week about his... No, not really. They, they're, they're hard to have. How, how, how do you go with that? And, and what about hard to hear? 
Like, is there anybody on the face of the planet who doesn't find it difficult to hear hard-to-hear conversations? Like, we all do, right? But, but some of us uh, find it harder than others. That's the that's reality. So, so what did you find it hard to have those conversations? Um, I remember there's conversations maybe I have now that when I was 22, they would keep me awake at night and make me sick all day at the thought of having them. But these days, you're like, no, no, it's in a person's best interest. This is about them, not me. It needs to happen. How do you, how do you go with that? Because I, I want to help us get better at both today if we can. Um, so let's go. We're, gonna, we're, in, we're in this series in Galatians. So remember, through the week, we're, we're doing Bible study, like deep Bible study. Uh, and then we've got daily devotions for people. And all of that is you can get by hitting the, the link or going to the website. And then on Sundays, we're just taking a topic that's helpful to you Monday from the text. So Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 to 14. It says, when Cephas came to Antioch, that's Peter, the apostle Peter. It says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is the apostle Paul, because he stood condemned. He stood guilty, actually. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he, he began to draw back and separate himself out from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. What a group to belong to uh, as we sit in modern Australia. It's like you don't want to be in that street gang, do you? So they, the, the, the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas, the legend, he, he was led astray. And when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follish Jewish customs? Now, forget the specifics because they're lost on us in our context, but think about what's going on. Here's the apostle, you know, you've got, the, the, you got Peter, who's like the legend. He is the man, he is the one of all the apostles of all the Christians on the face of the planet, Peter is the one that's esteemed. He's the Jewish guy. And, then, and, then, and so he's not used to getting corrected. People don't come up to Peter very often going, hey, Peter, you need to put this thing right in your life. And they especially don't come up to Peter in public and say, hey, Peter, why are you acting the way you're acting? But, but Paul, Paul addresses him. And, and he says, hey, Peter, you act, depending on, you act a different way depending on who's in the room at a given time. And it's not cool. It's not okay because it's, it's, it's alienating believers. It's, it's offending people because you, you say you're the friend and you love them, but the moment these guys walk into the room, you are out. They said, that's not cool and you need to fix it. And so Paul comes to Peter and, and, he, and he confronts him about it. He says, hey, and, and what I love is that thank God that Paul spoke up and thank God that Peter listens because Paul's not trying to be a legend here. In fact, this is full of risk for Paul. Paul. Paul risks the friendship. Paul risks that Peter is the man. Paul, Paul's not the man yet. He is later on. Historically, Paul becomes probably the key figure outside in the early church. But, but, but at this time, Peter is. And, and so Paul's risking a whole lot by having this conversation. And, and, and so Peter, Paul has it. Thank God he spoke up. And, and Peter listens. He receives it. There would have been fallout, or there could have been fallout. There, there, there could have been friction. There absolutely could have been factions as a result of this. But Paul, because he loves and because he has Peter and the people's best interests in mind, has the conversation anyway, even if it's going to be to his own detriment. And so we get this powerful outcome where Peter makes change. 
and where obviously Peter's massive influence affects change amongst the people. And then, of course, that influence ripple effects around the church. So, so Paul has a conversation that needs to happen, and Peter responds to it in the way that it needs to be heard. And it's this powerful outcome. And that's the power of having conversations hard to have and hard to hear. This is the effect of it. Imagine Paul didn't have the conversation. Doesn't have the conversation. Peter goes on treating other, some people badly, some people well, depending on who's in the room at any given time. But Paul has the courage and he has Peter's concern and the church's concern enough to go, whatever the fallout to me personally, I am up for this conversation. And Peter has the humility to respond and go, Paul, you're right, and it's not okay, and I'm going to make the change. So listen to this next scenario. It's Paul again uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 to 11. He says to the Corinthian church, he says, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Now, he doesn't say it in a stupid way. He's not going, oh, I don't care if I upset you. He's saying, hey, if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it. I did regret it. I see that my letter hurt you but only for a little while. That's important to just underline that. Yet now I'm happy, not, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to your repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended. And I want us to pause on that. They became sorrowful from Paul's sting as God intended. See, there's hard to have conversations that are even harder to hear but if they have the effect that was intended, God does something powerfully with them. But if I shut down to them, I miss what God's actually doing. And I wonder today, I wonder today, because I, I want to get that right in my own life. I, I want to be able to have, but more than that for me, I want to be able to hear the conversation I need to hear so that the God effect of it might take place. And this is powerful in their lives. And he says, this led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended. So it was okay to feel the sting. It was okay to feel something and the need to change. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Love that. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, the indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see. Justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. And so again, Paul is up for the conversation that needs to happen. And what I love here is Paul's ready to risk the relationship with their best interests in mind. And, and, and that's a great indicator, isn't it? For, or it is for me, that this conversation needs to happen. Is that I know that I'm risking the relationship that needs to happen because I love you, because I care for you, because I have God's interest and your interests at heart. If I, if I can sit in that place and this is actually not about me and it's not about me winning an argument, but it's actually about you, it's actually about God's best, it's actually about those things, if, if I can see that and, and there's risk for me, man, that's a conversation I probably need to have. Does that make sense? And so there are conversations that need to happen and Paul determines that. Not only does Paul risk the relationship, Paul risks his, 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 his reputation with the Corinthians. Because Paul's not living there. He's writing a letter here. And he risks that they're going to be able to say all sorts of things about him. If they, if they get upset about this, instead of taking it on, they will start to, they, you've seen it happen, right? You ever had a conversation that needed to happen with someone that needed to hear it, and they take it the wrong way, and then the next thing they're having conversations that should never happen and that ruin your reputation. 
And Paul risks that anyway. I remember one time I spoke to Ryan and Ryan just didn't take it well. And I just remember hearing from trades around town that Ryan, Ryan thought I was judgmental and arrogant and, and he's just going on and on about it. And I just determined, you know, Matt, it doesn't matter what Ryan says. I, I believe in Ryan. I believe he's a good electrician, runs a great business, and I'm okay with that. Now, Ryan would never do that, obviously, in case anyone has any doubt. But the reality is Paul risked his reputation and what might, they might do with it because at bottom line, he had their best interests at heart. And again, the Corinthians come open to the conversation that they need to hear. They, they, they make it a blessing to their lives, not a blockage. And that's, that's so important, isn't it? It becomes a blessing and not a blockage because that's what happens with hard conversations. They, they become a blessing to us or a blockage for us so many times. And, and uh, I, someone I was, I was saying in the 830 service, about six weeks ago, the, one of the people I work with uh, in our denomination outside of our church, um, I'd made a decision that it just wasn't a great decision. And it was because we were making a hard decision about someone I knew really well and knew very closely. And my, my emotion blurred me from thinking as clearly as I normally would. And so this person, he, I remember I was standing on the grounds at Farah, and on the phone he said, hey, Daz, you need to hear this. You, you, you I'm for you, you, you missed the mark here. You, you, you didn't get it right. And the reason you didn't get it right is because dot, 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 dot. And if I'm honest, this is a growing area for you. You need to do dot, 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 dot. I said, well, let me get off the phone. Let me make the call I need to make and let me come back to you. Now, that's hard to hear. It was a hard to hear conversation. But bottom line was I knew it was in love. I knew it was for my best interests. I knew it was a learning moment which I could grow from. And so the, 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 make it a blessing, not a blockage. I could have got out of source and thought, who are you to tell me? You don't know me. You don't know the multiple tensions I'm managing in this moment between my very good friend and, and what you want and what is best. You don't know any of that. That could have been my response. You don't listen to me so well, could have been my response. What about you? Let me just tell you a few home truths about you while we're sitting at the table. But the reality is none of that matters. What mattered was he had a conversation that needed to be had that actually I needed to hear and it was in my best interest. And so... That's what you got here, and the Corinthians take that on board. It's a big moment for them, and thank God that Paul spoke up, and thank God that they, they opened up. Thank God that they made this a blessing and not a blockage. It, it meant they could go on stronger. So, so let, me, let me, as we venture into the, the, the minutes we have, let me just talk about two things, two things that really help us have and hear the conversations that we need to have. Here's number one. Um, it, it takes people up for the sting up for the sting, to have and hear conversations that need to happen. It takes people up for the sting. Paul, Paul says here, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't, I don't regret it. And I don't regret it because I see that my letter, it did hurt you, but only for a little while so that it could have the effect that God intended. And so the, the, the person having the conversation needs to be up for the sting that they're going to give. I don't think you ever want to be in a place where you're glad about the sting. If I'm honest, you know, I've had conversations where, you know, you've been brave and you've been courageous and at the end of it, I want someone to know that I was brave and courageous. And suddenly I've made something that should never have been about me, about me. Well, that, that's not the intent. 
That, that's not what God wants. That's not what Paul's saying. Um, it, it's not that. He's saying, hey, I, it, this stung you, and, and I said it knowing it would, but I said it knowing that if you would receive the sting in the spirit it was intended with the wisdom attached, that you can be way better for this. And so how do we go with the sting? Um, are, are we okay to have it? And, and, and are we up to hear it? Because it becomes powerful in our lives. Don't let it be a blockage. Let it be a blessing um, when, when it can be trusted. Now, I'm not talking about people walking around just saying dumb stuff, by the way. I'm sure you get that. I'm talking about people that love you, that are for you, that love God, for God, and that kind of thing. So, so Paul has this tension here. He doesn't want to cause pain because he cares, because he hopes, because of conviction. He, he, he wants to do the right thing, but he's prepared to go there because he cares and because he wants their best. And, and he knew it was going to sting and he was up for it anyway. Have you ever had to go there with someone? Man, if you're married, you've had to go there. If you've got children, you, you had to go there. And, um, and I understand, I don't want to sting my kids. Now, Kate's our youngest child. So the other night, Bron and I had been in Armidale late, we come home, our kids have been home from school all afternoon and they haven't cleaned up. Well, we were less than impressed. And I remember getting um, upset with them. And, uh, and then as Katie went to bed, she was a little bit teary. Well, I just want to go in and fix that. Like, I don't want to see Katie teary in any moment. If you become Katie's boyfriend and you make her teary, there's a bat that stays next to my bed permanently. And uh, not really. Well, maybe. I want to leave you in doubt. <laughs> but the reality is that, that, that I so desperately, I knew that if I went in, I'd overdo it. And she needed to feel the sting of that. But so after a while, I said to Bron, Bron, can you go in? And, uh, and, and Bron did and managed it. But I knew Bron wouldn't overdo it. I knew that Bron would, would just, you know, lead her forward. Sometimes we need to feel the sting, even though it hurts, because... The effect it's going to have is better and, and is powerful when it has the intended effect that it's meant to. Uh, the, the Corinthians acted well. Proverbs chapter 7, 27 sorry, says this, 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Better is open rebuke. Now, of course, some people take that and, and decide that they are the rebuker, that they're like gifted with the gift of rebuking. Nobody has. It should be used sparingly. Um, but there is a time when when something needs correcting, Paul rebukes Peter. He, he just corrects the Corinthians. Uh, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Now, as a friend, of course, we want to be the giver of kisses. I don't know how to put that in a more masculine way right in this moment. But you, you know what I'm saying. Like Most of our lives should be hug and kiss and encouragement and lifting and building and strengthening and believing in. That should be most of life, but it's not all of life. There's also the, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, and that's the context in which I'm having this. The wounds of a friend, they can, they can be trusted. I can trust when Bron says something to me with my best in mind. I can trust when people right across this room, now, Matt Keyes, see what you've done to me? I was going to use people. The Matt Keyes has said, I use too much, so now I feel like I can't use people's names. Sarah Bertram, I just saw you. I can trust when Sarah Bertram comes to me and says, hey, Daz, here's, here's something I just want to make you aware of. I can trust that. The wounds of a friend can be trusted. Uh, but, but, but here's the important thing when you and I get wounded from a conversation that had to be had that we need to hear. The risk is to take the wounds of a friend 
and then take them to a multiplier of kisses. Isn't that true? Someone who comes alongside us and says, don't listen to Darren. Darren's got no idea. He doesn't know what you're going through. He doesn't know what pressure you're under. He doesn't, whatever. But you know what the Bible says? That an enemy multiplies kisses. When, when, when you've got a friend or I've got a friend who's wounded us for our good, like that it's not meant to stay that way, there's a sting for a moment, that it's about a change for a lifetime. When we've got that going on, you know, we want to take that in. We don't want to be the person who then takes our, you know, our woundedness over to the multiplier of kisses. They are not a friend to our future, no matter what they say, no matter how it sounds. The person who's causing us to step back, to get hard-hearted, arrogant, withdrawn, bitter on the inside, judgmental over that person, the person who's doing that is not a friend to our future. They are a multiplier of kisses. But the friend, they multiply kisses, but they also do the work that is needed. And so um, think about that in, in our lives. Just want to make sure. I, I, the moments we feel the sting, and here, here, here's a sign that I've taken it the wrong way. I just get all out of sorts. Now, I will tell you that initially I get all out of sorts. That's a normal human reaction. But it's what I do next that matters. Get all out of sorts. They get quickly offended. They get insecure. They make the conversation way more complicated than it needs to be. They choose to live unteachable and miss the essential learning moments. They see it as an attack. Um, all these things. Some people cause the, the, the offence, which Paul alluded to, uh, cause the, the, the words to have an effect that God never intended. But then there are other people, I hope all Christian people, that go, you know what, I can see this for what it is. It's a friend speaking to me in love, out of my best interests, in light of the scriptures, if, if I'm a Christian. And they're, they're just trying to help me out here. And so let's, let's always be up for the sting. And there's four indicators that the sting can be trusted. I, I think high, high trust history. Has this person got a, a, a trusted history? Well, I, I can hear the hard words. Number two, I, I, I think I saw Bella early and my Bella somewhere. I definitely saw my Bella. And um, they're great friends. I reckon they can trust each other when they give each other a wound that stings, there we go. They, they have such a relationship, they can trust the sting. Scotty, I could trust Scotty's sting because I know it's not about him, it's only about my good. Um, and so four indicators, high trust history. The, the number two, they, they love God and they're for you. Number three, they're, they're, they're truth tellers in love. Um, uh, number four, they've got a biblical bottom line to this. So, so see the sting for what it is and then let's let the sting do its work. That becomes powerful in our life. And then the final thought in the um, few minutes, just the last few minutes that I have, it takes deep humility to hear, to have, and especially to hear the conversation that needs to happen. Um, it actually takes humility to have it well as to have it. Like it, it just takes humility. Uh, if I come to it in arrogance or pride, it's unhelpful. But it especially takes humility to hear, doesn't it? Yeah, no one wants to hear hard-to-hear conversations. Um, remember, I don't know, I'm thinking aloud now, so that's always risk. Um, Bron, 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 um, I remember Bron saying to me a bunch of years ago, Daz, you know, it'd be great if you were more spontaneous in our marriage because I'm organised in my week and I don't like people upsetting my week. I, if it's got a yellow in there because I'm catching up with people, I don't want that interrupted. And if it's got an orange because I'm doing a task, I don't want you to interrupt 3 p.m. orange. 
or 4 p.m. blue because I'm working in the office or whatever it is. I don't want you getting in the way of that. I like my color coordinated diary. And so Bron says, Daz, like, if you could just be more spontaneous in our marriage, that, that'd be a big deal to me. And the other thing, she said, you know, like, and be more funny. And I said, well, it's hard to take that up. And she says, I don't know how I'm meant to do that. Not really, she would never say that. I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, but the reality is, I went away and just worked my spontaneity into the diary and didn't tell Brian, you know, I just organised it in advance and then made it look spontaneous in the moment. Yeah, not very good at that. But you know what? If, if I was insecure about the husband I am, that, that could be a sting, right? You go, what do you want from me? I'll lay down my life for you. What else do you want? And while we're here, um, no. but the reality is we've learned that even, even the sting, see what we know is that, that if we speak to each other, except in crazy moments, occasionally get out of control. One night years ago, I lost the plot with Bron. She kicked the bucket at me and she kind of missed the bucket. And so it was pretty funny actually. But I'm like, you don't kick a bucket at your husband. You know, it was a bad moment. So not one of those. But generally speaking, we can trust the sting from each other because we love each other. We're for each other. We, we want God's best for each other. And, and so I'm talking about those people. Who are those people in your life? And let's not let another relationship go down the gurgler because we're not up for having and hearing the conversation. Let's be the kind of people because we love each other, because we're for each other, because we believe God's word if you're a Christian that we can have any conversation with a great spirit because it's about your future, it's about your best. And, you know, and, and listen, let's say that the person's half wrong. Daniel Coleman and I have had many conversations. Most of what he said has been nonsense. But even in there, even in there, even amongst all the rocks, there's just a piece of gold. It's just the gold. Let's pluck the gold from the conversation and go, you know what, I'm not sure about all of this. I'm not going to start throwing rocks. I'm just going to pick out the gold. That's, that's, that's a nugget. That's, that's going to help me. I'm going to be better for that. I'm going to be more like Jesus for that. I'm going to be a better human for that. You know? and so let's be those kind of people. Let's be up for having it. Let's be those who hear it. Let's do it with a spirit of humility. And I think it'd be powerful in all of our lives. Amen. All right, why don't you stand just for a moment. We're going to continue the conversation, but I want to just pray with you. Heavenly Father, um, we're grateful today. We're grateful for people who love us enough, Lord, to have conversations we need to hear. And Lord, I thank you for everybody in this room who would risk it all to have the conversations that are in the best interest of people that honour you. And God, I pray you'd help us with this. We, we don't want to become crazy people having conversations we shouldn't have in ways we shouldn't have them. But we do want to be people who will have the necessary conversations in the right spirit. And we also want to be open to hear the conversations that are helpful to our future. Help us all, help me, but help us all, Lord, to be those kinds of people. Let you have your way, Lord, in our wives, lives, by your word and by people. Help us to discern, Lord, in every situation. And we commit people to you now. Where courage is needed, bring it. Where humility is required, Lord, give it to us. Lord, help us with it. Strengthen us to that work. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray this morning for the Noel family. We thank you for them. They are an incredible blessing, Lord, to so many people. We thank you 
Lord, for their third child. We thank you that the example they set, that here they are, Lord, together as a family this next Sunday. Lord, we commit them to you. May you lead them and guide them by your spirit. May your blessing be upon them. May your peace be over their household in a powerful way in this next season, God. May you lead them and guide them all the days of their life, not just the parents, but the children, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.